everyone. I'm Carrington Anderson. And I'm Laura Lee Harris. Welcome to the Chamber Beat Podcast. You can listen to this podcast on your favorite platform, so make sure to follow and subscribe to receive notifications when we release our weekly episode. We will inform our members of the inner workings of Capitol Hill with updates on legislation tracked by the Chamber. Also, we will hear from legislators and decision makers who serve to make Tennessee an even better state to live and do business. I feel like I need to make a clarification. <laughs> Loralee exposed me several weeks ago about trying guinea pig. And, you know, I've had a few questions. But I'd like to say that I tried that guinea pig in Peru, where it is a regularly consumed food over there. And everyone that I was there with also tried it. But, you know, I've had a few questions about that. <laughs> yeah, we were joking that um, after we published the podcast we're like we probably need to clarify that to make sure people don't think Carrington's over here eating her pet because that definitely didn't happen but it is still weird (laughs) (laughs) whatever winning Peru so we're going to jump right into it this week I know that uh, there have been packed committee calendars this week as a lot of committees have announced their final calendars and final meetings but um, Carrington's going to get into the Commerce Committee calendar, but first I'm going to mention one bill that was amended on the Senate floor the other day on Monday, Senate Bill 955 by Chairman Watson, House Bill 1286 by Representative Zachary, that states the state treasurer shall invest, reinvest, manage, and select investment options for program assets for financial reasons as opposed to investing in environmental, social, and governance interests. So this bill only applies to the state treasurer and does not affect the Department of Economic and Community Development or incentives. So um, the chamber is neutral on this legislation as it only has to do with public funds. But this bill passed in the Senate on Monday in the House Finance Subcommittee on Wednesday. So it'll be in full finance in the House next week. But if you have any concerns over this, please reach out and contact me. But um, for now, we are neutral and don't see where it would impact our our business members. And Laura Lee, is this an issue we're seeing in other states? Yeah, absolutely. We've definitely seen a lot of legislation in other states relative to ESG this year, but we do believe that this bill does not go nearly as far as other bills relative to ESG as it only has to do with public funds. So um, we do welcome any comments and feedback that our members have on this, though. So, But we'll keep you updated with anything else that happens relative to this. Sounds good. So moving into the Senate Commerce and Labor Committee, it was a packed committee. There were 98 bills on the calendar. (laughs) Yes, there really was a lot. They only made it through, I think, six of them, but they took over 20 and they were removed from consideration. And there were many that were rolled to next week. So this is their final calendar, but they met this past Tuesday at 1 p.m. and they'll meet Monday and Tuesday of next week. And they're intending to close the committee for the year. Yeah, they're really trying to wrap up. Yeah, we're not mad about that. Um, So again, some of the bills that we were concerned with were within those that got removed from consideration. So I'll mention a few of those and then also some that are still on the calendar for next week. The first one I'll mention is Senate Bill 390 by Senator Oliver. This is the Tennessee Family Insurance Act, and this will be on calendar next week in the committee. And so Senate Bill 390, it sets guidelines for family and medical leave insurance benefits of who may receive the benefits, the timelines, and amount of the wage to be covered by the employees. It would require employers to collect premiums from employees and send to the state treasurer and would set up a state-run program through the Department of Labor and Workforce Development, which we think would generate a significant fiscal note. And really, our, also, our concern is that we just think it goes beyond the FMLA, which is the federal 
Family Medical Leave Act. And so have concerns with this legislation. It's going to be heard in the House Committee next week as well. So keeping an eye on that bill and we'll continue to update everyone on that. Next bill is Senate Bill 940. This is also by Senator Oliver, and this bill was removed from consideration. It increases state minimum wage, so it's an, a minimum wage mandate. So it would increase that minimum wage from $7.25 to $12 an hour. Um, on top of that, it would require employees or it would require employers to pay employees at least 1.5 times the regular wage rate. For any work done in excess of 40 hours that work week, and it makes employers who violate the minimum wage requirement liable to the employee. So we always typically oppose bills like this because just the chamber and our members kind of always note that wage growth is largely driven by market demand instead of government mandates, and that's exactly what this bill is. So we're historically opposed to legislation that puts unnecessary restrictions on businesses. And Again, the free market, many people are making more than that state minimum wage mm -hmm. right now. That's 725. Many make more than that because businesses are in competition with each other. And we just think that the free market should decide that and not the, not the state. So that bill was removed from consideration this week, and we're thankful for that. But those bills come up every year, and they'll probably come back next year. Yep. Next bill is Senate Bill 647 by Senator Lamar. This is the No Quit Act. This bill was also removed from consideration, and it requires an employer that is requesting an employee to voluntarily resign to provide the employee with a written notice of their rights, their privileges, and benefits the employee waives or loses if the employee voluntarily resigns. So this legislation, it's seeking to ensure unemployment benefits are given in cases where an employee is having to decide whether they're going to resign or they're going to be fired. And we met with the House sponsor, Representative Powell, who said that he knows that there, this bill needs a little bit more work. And so he's uh, planning on working on that after session. So this bill will probably come back up next year. Um, but as for now, it's been taken off consideration. Yeah, and something I do want to mention about this bill, Carrington, is that I've heard you talk around the office and anecdotally about how great these sponsors have been to work on, uh, work with on this. And they've definitely been willing to listen to us and hear our concerns and I'm glad that they're willing to roll it to next year to allow for more conversation. Definitely. Both sponsors and uh, we've talked a lot with Representative Powell this year and we've worked with him in the past and um, he is really great and appreciate his um, him calling us in to even talk about this legislation. Next bill I'll mention is Senate Bill 1015. This is by Senator Campbell and this bill was removed from consideration in both the House and the Senate, but it enacts the Family Caregiver Anti-Discrimination Act, which prohibits an employer from discriminating against an employee or potential employee because of the employee's family responsibilities. So our concern with this is mainly that it creates a new cause of action, which the chamber always opposes, but also there's already existing law that already provides protections as it relates to discrimination. So that bill removed from consideration. Next one that will be on the calendar next week is Senate Bill 1109 by Senator Bowling. And this bill provides a religious exemption um, for immunizations and vaccines. So if an employer requires a vaccine as a condition of employment, the employee who has a signed written statement that the vaccine conflicts with their religious practices, the um, employer has to grant that exemption. And so this also creates an entirely new private right of action. And we've heard many concerns from members and 
we have concerns as well and just think that this uh, bill, it exempts employees with that religious exemption for any vaccine that could impact their religion. And it's more than just COVID-19 because that was dealt with in the special session. And so this just expands that and we have some concerns about that. And so we are meeting with people in the House and the Senate and sponsors to try and talk about this, but we'll continue to keep you all updated. But again, biggest concern there is the private right of action. The next bill I'll mention is Senate Bill 1263. This is by Leader Ackerberry. This is a workers' compensation bill, and it deals with physicians for an injured employee. And so it permits an injured employee to choose a treating physician in any specialty and makes other changes um, relevant to workers' compensation. And our main concern here is that the legislation would undo the current process where an employer provides an injured worker with three independent physicians from which that employee would get to choose. This process has been working well. There have not been issues. Um, it keeps costs down for employers while also giving employee the option to choose from those three. And so we think by expanding this to a treating physician in any specialty, there will be a lot of um, abuse in there and just it would be very problematic and it would increase workers' compensation costs for employers and it's an employer mandate. And so this will be on the calendar next week and we are definitely opposed to this legislation that impacts workers' compensation. Next bill, I've mentioned a lot that we oppose. Um, this is a bill that we think is good and supported. It's Senate Bill 650 by Leader Johnson. Speaker Sexton has it in the House. And Senate Bill 650 would make Tennessee the first state in the nation to tie state incentives to secret ballot union elections. This legislation can make a business ineligible for a Tennessee state subsidies if they recognize a union based on card check instead of secret ballot elections. This legislation also prohibits businesses from sharing workers' contact information with a labor group without an employee's knowledge. So this bill um, will be on the calendar next week for Senate Commerce. It's making its way through the House. It's already passed House Commerce Committee, and we'll continue to update you all on that. But we are definitely supportive of that legislation. Yeah, and moving into something else we've been very supportive of this session is the Transportation Modernization Act. I know that on this podcast, we've had Commissioner Ely and Chief Engineer from TDOT, Will Reed, speak um, about the importance and the details of this legislation, along with our transportation chairs in both the House and the Senate. But I do want to mention that this bill has passed the Senate, or it passed finance in the Senate and has been sent to calendar. So hopefully we'll hear it on the floor either next week or in the coming weeks. It passed House Finance Subcommittee, so it'll go to House Finance full next. But just want to remind you all of our support for that legislation and really think that this legislation could take Tennessee to the next level whenever it comes to our transportation infrastructure because congestion is certainly an issue for both employees um, or for employers because their employees are taking longer to get to work these days due to the congestion. And then also our supply chain is very much impacted by congestion. So um, this bill is anticipated to help both rural and urban areas. So we're excited to see um, it move right on through in the Senate and the House. So. Yeah, and everyone should listen to that podcast episode with Commissioner Ely if you haven't already. Yeah, he really goes into detail about the importance of the bill and how it will all work. So um, moving on into one bill, another bill that I've mentioned on here before is House Bill 980 by Representative Terry and Senator Reeves is the Senate sponsor, but this has to do with solid waste. And um, this bill initially said that municipalities 
would be able to create a solid waste authority, which they do not currently have the ability to do. And they would have rulemaking authority, um, taxing authority, and be able to collect and administer fees, but and also restrict the flow of waste in and out of their municipality. The chamber had great concerns with this legislation. It was eventually amended to just impact Murfreesboro, but due to some constitutional concerns, this bill um, has been halted in both the House and the Senate, and um, we anticipate that there will be a private act to um, for the city of Murfreesboro to create some kind of entity so that they can um, receive federal funds for a composting facility. So we are neutral on that legislation now, but at first it did bring us great concern. Next is Senate Bill 628 by Senator Taylor, House Bill 1056 by Chairman Vaughn. And I believe I've mentioned this one on here before, but this has to do with wetlands and permitting. And um, I believe Chairman Vaughn has had some issues in West Tennessee with his profession as um, and he believes that... As well as probably his constituents. Uh, yes, for sure, his constituents. And I think this issue definitely happens all across the state and not just in his district as well, but um, says that TDEC should permit based on the current condition um, and the current application of the land rather than what could potentially happen. If a land could potentially be developed, um, it should not be permitted based on that. It should be permitted based on what is going on on that property at that time. So... That bill has moved through the Senate. It's set for the Senate floor um, today, the March 16th. It passed the House Ag and Natural Resources Committee this week and will be sent to House calendar and rules. So the chamber has been supportive of that and appreciates Chairman Vaughn for bringing up this bill. Yeah, so I know wetlands is an important issue. Do you think there will be further legislation in the future or further conversations? What's the update there? Absolutely, and that's something that we've talked about at the chamber and with among other stakeholders of how the state could better define wetlands in our laws so that there's clarity for both um, our government and our citizens to understand what a wetland is and what a wetland is not. And we hope to have more conversations on that with our members and other stakeholders this summer. And um, Chairman Vaughn plans to run a bill on this first thing next session. So um, definitely need to be getting our thoughts and ideas together on how um, we view wetlands. But there is one other bill, House Bill 1057 by Chairman Vaughn. Senator Taylor is the Senate sponsor as well. And this has to do with mitigation. And um, the best way I can describe this is by giving a real life example. So say you had 0.29 acres of wetlands you had to mitigate on a property um, that you were seeking to build on. If it was for right now, as stated in law, if you have 0.25 acres or less, you don't have to mitigate. However, if you have over 0.25 acres, you do have to mitigate. However, in current law, um, if you had 0.29 acres, like I mentioned before, you would have to mitigate for that whole 0.29 acres. And this legislation would say you'd only have to mitigate for the difference between um, the 0.29 and the 0.25, so it'd only be 0.04. So I hope that makes sense, but it's the best way I can describe it is through a real life example. And that bill is set for the Senate floor today, March 16th, and passed the House, passed the House Ag and Natural Resources Committee this week, and has been sent to House Calendar and Rules. Um, moving into House Banking and Consumer Affairs Subcommittee, this uh, committee, I think, had about 14 bills on the calendar, so way less than the Senate Commerce, but still a lot of bills that we take it 
uh, an interest in. And the first one I'll mention is a bill that we're very supportive of. It's House Bill 774 by Representative Moon. This legislation builds on previous efforts since 2013 to preempt local governments from private employer mandates relating to wages, paid leave, health care, and predictive scheduling. This is known as the Protecting Tennessee Businesses and Workers Act, and it prohibits a local government from adopting or enforcing an ordinance, regulation, resolution, policy, or another legal requirement that regulates or imposes a requirement on an employer. And again, we just think that this is a really great bill. So if there were any requirements upon an employer pertaining to hours work, scheduling that an employer is required to provide employees or employee output during work hours, it um, prohibits a local government from adopting or doing that. And so very thankful for Chairman Moon for bringing this legislation and for um, Bear Reeves and the Senate. We think that this is a good bill and we'll continue to update you all on where that bill goes. The next one I'll mention that is in the House Banking Consumer Affairs Committee is Senate Bill 73, House Bill 1181. Um, that's the data privacy bill. Uh, Representative Garrett is the sponsor in the House, and this bill is also calendared for the Senate Commerce Committee next week. And data privacy is an issue that we have talked a lot about with our members for the past several years. This is the third year that Representative Garrett has brought this bill, and he's very passionate about this legislation. And it requires, um, as drafted right now, it requires businesses with the information of 100,000 or more customers annually, whether that's through your website or internet marketing efforts, um, businesses would have to comply with the new costly regulatory structure. Businesses would also be subject to the act, would need to have a designated controller of this information that would respond to consumer inquiries. And the proposed legislation would be enforced through the Tennessee Attorney General's Office of Consumer Protection. And we are working with Representative Garrett. Historically, we've been opposed to this bill, but we are working to become neutral. We're not quite there yet, and we um, have been in negotiations with him and just trying to hear, let him hear from our members on why this is concerning, because businesses, this is something that they would have to deal with every day, and it's confusing to learn how to comply with. So we're doing our best to um, explain that to him and share that with him. And this bill was in House Banking this past week, but he rolled it because um, he said he was still working with the business community. So we are appreciative of him and that he's been willing to work with us and he's been very hospitable. So conversations are still ongoing there and we'll continue to update you all on that. And there's one more bill in a different committee that I want to bring up, and this is a bill that we've also talked a lot about. It's Senate Bill 1503 by Senator Stevens and House Bill 1005 by Chairman Grills. And this bill, um, this is not the amendment. This is just a bill. It lowers from 21 to 18 the minimum age required for a person to obtain an enhanced, lifetime enhanced, and concealed handgun carry permit. Previously, what we have talked about is the amendment that was previously on there, which added liability for businesses that post signage prohibiting firearms. This created a penalty for businesses that post, and it subjected them to civil liability. We are very thankful for the sponsors, especially Chairman Grills. He has worked with us to remove that civil liability section from the bill. And so with that civil liability removed, we are neutral on this legislation and just appreciate him working with us in the business community because that was very concerning to us. Yeah, he's a good one. <laughs> but um, is there anything else we need to mention, Carrington? I think that's, it's been a lot, but um, we'll definitely have more for y'all next week on the results of all these bills. And 
Um, Committees will probably, a lot of them will be closing. Yeah, it's starting to wrap up and we'll be talking about budgets before too long. And hopefully we can get more into our budget appropriations requests next week and um, give you you all some updates on that. But for now, we thank y'all for listening and hope you have a great weekend. Thank you.